Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 509 here, the last hour of the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Um, you know, we were talking about how most of these people were making in the upper 50s, low $60,000 mark. And, you know, I said that's an average pay for this area. And somebody texted in, 60 k is not great pay. And I said, well, it's, it is for this area. It's not great, but median. Um, they, they texted me back, false, my plant starts at $25 an hour to tape and tag, zero qualifications. Well, the Lackawanna County median household income sits at $57,736 per year. And I, I texted back to that texture, $25 per hour equals $52,000 a year. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, $60,000 is, uh, is, uh, you know, the median average for this area. It's actually a little bit above it. 57,700 is the median area. So, uh, again, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. Talk about some of the things we've talked about today and, you know, get your input in, especially on, you know, what happened in Luzerne County where they let the uh, deputy election director resign. Basically the scapegoat for everything that's gone on there. Hopefully uh, Miss Gilbert speaks out to say uh, what what caused her resignation because her director, her boss, uh, made no bones about it that the, the recent snafu that they had there was uh, her her uh, issue um, and throw her under the bus. So we'll see what happens there. Plus the Lackawanna County Youth and Child Services, where five of their members were arrested. They're innocent to proven guilty, but the allegations are substantial and the allegations are troubling. And what even more so troubling is the uh, the regime in Lackawanna County has kind of surrounded the wagons to ex- make excuses or defend them. And uh, that's troubling in itself because you're, you're basically defending um, what, what the district attorney for Lackawanna County is called uh, negligent behavior. That's uh, put children's safety and, and lives at risk. What we saw in uh, New York City today is uh, a travesty of justice. Uh, Ex-Marine Daniel Penny was arraigned today on manslaughter indictment in the New York City uh, choking incident of Jordan Neely, the homeless, violent homeless man with a career criminal who uh, was threatening passengers. Um, They have witnesses that said as much, and uh, this is unfortunately going to have to go to trial and be dragged on. Thankfully, um, Mr. Penny has raised, through the, the fundraising efforts of the people around him, enough money to handle his defense. If not, you know, this would be hundreds of thousands of dollars that he couldn't afford or deal with a public defender that couldn't give him the fight that he needs to have in this because obviously the odds are stocked against him. The mere fact that he's been charged in this where I believe there was enough evidence to not be, but a grand jury disagreed with that. And again, a grand jury is what the district attorney presents to them. There is no defense at a grand jury. So we need to take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, he has been indicted now. He's been formally charged. And uh, they'll set a date. But everyone that I know, everything that I've seen on this, just leans towards this is a travesty of justice. Uh, Yes, it's an unfortunate incident. It's a tragedy. Anytime someone's life is taken, I don't care if you're the most violent criminal. 
If your life is taken, it's a tragedy to someone. And that's the facts. You know, even if if the situation calls for deadly force to be used against you, your loved ones are still going to miss you. Your family's still going to miss you. If you have children, they're going to miss you. It's a tragedy uh, for them. It may not be for society. It may not be for public safety. But for them, it is. And we have to recognize that. No one wants to kill anybody. There's surely Mr. Penny, when he left for work that day, didn't say, hey, I'm going to go on the train and kill somebody. Probably the furthest thing from his mind, or I'm going to have to kill somebody to this day. The furthest thing from his mind. I know that for a fact. Because, you know, I know police officers time and time again who went out just to do their normal course of their duty and were forced to use deadly force against someone. And I've seen their reaction afterwards. I've seen how it affects them in the, for the future of their lives. And it's, it's traumatizing. But the facts be what they may, there's enough people on this train, there was enough people on video who intervened, who assisted Mr. Penny in restraining Mr. Neely, that he was a threat. He was a perceived threat. He was a direct threat to their safety and well-being. A serious threat. And his history precludes that. His history has shown he's been a threat to people. So what's happening to this, and we've seen time and time again, and all this is going to do is prevent the next Good Samaritan from stepping in and helping you, helping your daughter, helping your sister, helping your your mother in a situation like this, because people won't want to be bothered. Hell, you know, I wouldn't want to be bothered in New York City, because look at what they do to you. And this isn't just Daniel Penny's situation. Look at the bodega owner who was stabbed. And he got the knife away and stabbed and killed the guy. And they charged him. And then, thankfully, you know, dropped the charges. But there's a prime situation where they don't want you defending yourself in places like New York City. They don't want you protecting others. They'd rather simply you pay a hospital bill, take a report, and arrest someone 60 times because they know nothing's ever going to get done and hope that someone doesn't get killed. Sooner or later, the likelihood was going to be that Jordan Neely did kill someone. He was pushing people in front of trains. He was insult, assaulting elderly women. I mean, he has the history. He has the history at this train stop of violent behavior. But unfortunately, stuff like that won't be admissible in court because that's the, the things that are stacked up against the defendant in a situation like this, like Daniel Penny his prior violent history will most likely not be admissible. So we're going to have to simply talk about this instance. But I think, thankfully, enough witnesses came forward to say, yes, they were in serious fear of their imminent physical safety. And I think once a jury hears that, and again, a jury that most likely takes the subways, most likely has seen people like Jordan Neely on subway stations pass through their subway car hopefully has the common sense to say, no, I want someone like a Daniel Penny if someone's threatening my life. On that train, on that sidewalk, on that street, driving by in a car. Because if we take those people away, the police can't be everywhere. So unless you're willing to take 100% accountability for your and your family's safety at all times, 
and you're on your own. There'll be no one there coming. You know, one of the things being a police officer, especially in New York City, you know, if I keyed that microphone, no matter how much trouble I was in, how many people I was up against, when I keyed that microphone and called for help, you know, I had 100 people there in a minute or two ready to help. A lot of people don't have that. Most people don't have that. So you're going to need a Daniel Penny. You're going to need that off-duty police officer. You're going to need that off-duty fireman, that off-duty sanitation person, that off-duty construction worker, that off-duty truck driver who's sitting next to you that you don't know, who's willing to say, no, I'm not going to let you be harmed on your watch. I'm not going to let a bully assault you, harass you, intimidate you, hurt your child, hurt your mother, hurt your elderly father. But that's where we're going in these cities. We've seen it time and time again. And we're letting this behavior exist while they they fight about the next election topic. And it's more than that. You know, your safety, your family's safety, the people around you's safety, especially when you traverse through our towns, through our cities, through our communities, through a subway system, through our transit systems, that's paramount. That's the number one thing in your life, your physical well-being, your public safety. And once we lose that, where are we as a society? Because we've seen time and time again, the bad out there wants to do bad things. And unless you're ready to take it on yourself and you're prepared to take it on yourself, which I don't think many of us are, you're going to need someone like an ex-Marine, Daniel Penny to stand up and say, not while I'm here. And this isn't a bully thing. This isn't something people were looking for. This was a reaction to an action. The action was a violent career criminal, Jordan Neely, with mental health issues, agreed. Homeless, agreed. But nonetheless, a threat to the people around him. He's proven that time and time again, and we need to agree on that. But we can't throw someone like a Daniel Penny under the bus because he made a judgment call, a split-second judgment call, where he himself could have been severely injured, not knowing what Jordan Neely had, even being held in a carotid artery restraint. If he had a knife in his pocket, plunge it into Daniel Penny's you know, stomach area or his leg area or his groin area. Those are the risks he took when he said, I'm not going to let these people be harmed on this subway while I'm here. And we need to do so much better in sending a message that we need good Samaritans in this world. And it's not just a physical situation like this. We we are losing good Samaritans to just looking the other way time and time again. You know, someone on the side of the road with a flat tire, young, capable individuals just driving by because they don't have the time or want to get their pants dirty or you know someone trips and hurts themselves and stop say hey you're okay you need help getting up or someone drops their groceries in a walmart parking lot and you stop and take the time to help them pick up their groceries and put them back in their car to their bag because their bag broke we've lost that in our society and we need to uh we need to find that again we really do need to find you know that that human nature where 
we're there for each other, even strangers. You know, I, I know this day and age, it becomes harder and harder because with these supercomputers in our palms of our hands every day, we've become more and more distant from each other. And uh, that's a bad thing. It is really a bad thing. But it takes each and every individual to make a conscious decision to say, hey, you know, I'm going to stop for that car on the side of the road that has a flat tire. I'm going to help pick up somebody's groceries if they drop things because their bag dro- broke. You know, I'm going to tell a bully to knock it off if I see them doing something. It takes effort to do that, and we need to put those efforts out there. It's 521 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This Penteladata Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Krispy Kreme in Clark Summit in Scranton. We have heavy traffic heading into the back mountain on Route 309. You can expect to slow down around the rock cut. Also heading out onto the KC Highway, it's a bit bumper to bumper at Dunmore. Construction has 81 Waverly to Lenox all jammed up, as well as 80 West in the Bloomsburg area. That's like a parking lot. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's a Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clearing low 57. Tomorrow, dry sun, low humidity, high 85. Looks like the best day so far. Friday, dry with sun, passing showers, possibly late, high 85. It's currently, it says earnings are up, but it's currently 71 degrees, uh, sun and clouds outside now at 522 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 526. Got a text message in, you know, from our typical anonymous texter. A good Samaritan helps the unfortunate not kill them. Yeah, that's just a naive take. Um, when you're being threatened with violence, you act appropriately. You respond with violence. Uh, the time for helping him as a good Samaritan long passed um, when he became violent towards others. Let's go to the phone now. Uh, we have Angelo from Madisonville on clear sailing and wildfires. How you doing, my friend? Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I gotta, I gotta agree with you. Everything you said about Mister Penny. I don't know what this world or these people are coming to to charge a man like that. He didn't intend to kill the guy. He was protecting everybody from the bully. I, I don't understand what's going on. Honest to God, it, it, it I hope that uh, his lawyer heard what you just said prior to my conversation here because that was really good. It hit the nail right on the head. I, I don't understand it, Rob. I wanted to tell you that there, there, it smells up here like it did uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if the you know the wildfires from Canada are stirring up, but it smells like somebody is burning rubber up here in Madisonville. Yeah, we're and, under uh, we're under we're under a red flag warning in Pennsylvania. It happened earlier today, and it's exactly right. It's the wildfires in Canada that's uh, the, the jet stream is bringing them back down here for our area. I, I told my wife that, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, we had to step out, so I couldn't listen to the radio. But uh, there, you should see the size of the limb that fell, uh, you know, right up by my other property. It's in the road. People are going by, going around it, you know. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I got to go out there and move this thing. So I'm out there, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time walking again. I'm using the cane. I'm in therapy two days a week, but I drug it off there. Right. 
And here's this clown, excuse my uh, expression and adjectives, but this clown blowing the horn, laying it, and he, he yells out, get out of the road, you crippled SUV, right? <laughs> like, uh, like, I'm just trying to make sure that that's off the road so there's no accident. You Especially when it's getting dark soon. Somebody's going to run right into it, not see it till the last minute. Yeah, like I, I, I don't un, like I, I, uh, I yelled a couple things in Italian to him. You know, <laughs> well, you, you get him. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I yelled a couple of good things in Italian because I don't know if any kids were would hear it, but uh, I don't know. Like, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I would. I uh, there's a technique with a cane, and uh, I know that technique. But uh, you know, like, why would you do that to somebody? Like, uh, you know, that's trying to, you know, clear the road so there's no accidents. I, I don't understand people. I really don't. Yeah, I'm ins- instead of stopping, getting out and helping you, right? Well, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, that would have been nice. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, uh, you know, but you know how people are. Well, Some exactly, people just... exactly what I was talking about. You know, if you're in a supermarket parking lot and somebody's bad breaks and their, their cans start rolling all over, you know, you take the time to help them stop. Stop and help them pick things up. You know, if someone's on the side of the road with that flat tire, you you stop and help them if you're able to. But people are too busy with their own lives. They're too consumed with these little supercomputers they have in the palm of their hand that they they don't have time for anything else. Yeah, that's true. I I was in New York City and I took a bus. I was taking a bus back, so I was down there in the Port Authority to wait for the bus to get to Scranton, and uh, my my truck broke down there, so. I just had him tow it to the nearest junkyard, so I took a bus back. So I'm standing there, and there was an older couple. Here's this clown. He has this long trench coat on, and he's bugging them. Oh, you want to buy this? You want to buy that? He opens his coat. He's got watches. You know the deal. You've seen them. And so I walked up to him. I said, buddy, you got watches, huh? He said, yeah, you interested? I said, yeah. I said, first, I want you to look at my watch. So I showed him my watch on my wrist. I said, see that? I said, check that uh, second hand. You got five seconds to get the hell out of here and leave them people alone. That's what you got. So take a hike. So he did. You know what I mean? And then there was a cop, a Port Authority cop, and he'd come over and he was laughing. He says, man, you got to watch when you do stuff like that. I says, you know what? You do. But, you know, like uh, – Leave these people alone. They're not bothering nobody. You know, that, what, are they going to prey on elderly people? You know, it, it's ridiculous. I, people have got to get more involved. That's just the way it is. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it, uh, you know, I could have got my head beat in, but so what? You know, but at least the guy took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the bus came, and I came home, and we all lived happily ever after. <laughs> but, well, I'm sure you were glad to get out of New York City. I know every time I leave there, I am. Oh yeah, I I uh, well I, I visited a relative out there and I stopped at Mama Leone's. Remember that restaurant, the Italian restaurant, Mama Leone's. I don't even know if it's still there no more. What a great food! Uh, I used to go there with my father and uh, grandpa. You know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, you want to see a truck to break in half? You should have seen mine. <laughs> that sucker just broke right in half. You know. But I, all is well. We made it home, and we all lived happily ever after. Well, it's but, good uh, to hear from you, Angelo. i got to go to a break now. Okay, buddy. Take care. Great show, man. Thank Great you, man. Show. Thank Take you. Take care, now. It's uh, 532 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this.
Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 537. You can call or talk. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Uh, have you seen the story about this former Penn State professor, an English professor, Zach D. Piero, claims the college, this is Penn State now, said English the English language is racist. The former professor is suing Penn State University for allegedly racial discrimination, claiming the school forced him to teach students that the English language embodies white supremacy. The professor DiPiero, who previously taught English at Penn State's Abington, claims that his direct report, Liliana Naden, endorsed the view that white supremacy exists in the language itself and therefore that the English language itself is racist. He uh, he pushed back on this and also said that the, the filing also accuses the university of maintaining a diversity, equity, and inclusion webpage as standard practice for most universities and comparable institutions that disseminate racist tirades against white faculty and students. Uh, he said that uh, among the so-called racist tirades was a book, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Race, um, written by Robin D'Angelo, who is white. The lawsuit claims that DiPiero believed he was being singled out based on his race. When he complained about the continuous stream of racial insult directed at white faculty in the writing department, the director of affirmative action office told him that there's a problem with the white race, that he should attend anti-racist workshops until he gets it, and that he might have mental health issues, the suit alleges. Um, he's now, I believe, working locally here at Northampton Community College as, again, an English teacher. So we've seen cases of this, and we're seeing more and more uh, people speaking out when it, in, in regards to it, and, and that's a good thing, you know, bringing these things to light. People are standing up for themselves, but, you know, imagine that, the English language. Now, Anyone who attended college, anyone who, who's my age or even younger, you attended college, you took an English class. English class, you know, I'm white, I'm English, you know, I speak English, I'm born here. It, it wasn't about that. It was about proper punctuation, proper citation, proper formatting. And, you know, it, that, there's a lot to do with the English language, and I learned a lot from it. And I learned a lot from tough instructors to do that. But to see this, that the, the white, the English language is racist is just... Ridiculous. I mean, we're dumbing down our education standards, and it's just crazy that this is what's going on in our education. But it's not just higher education here, and you know, this was applicable for Penn State University. But I saw this from uh, a Mount Pleasant High School in Rhode Island. And again, we talked about Rhode Island School the other day. But an assistant principal from this Rhode Island public school solicited donations from her staff. Now, this is an assistant principal from a public school in Rhode Island sent out an email to the entire staff of the school assist, uh, soliciting donations for a student who was an illegal immigrant who needed to come up with $2,000 to pay for the coyote that smuggled them up here. The email reads, Hello, team. Please see the message below regarding your consideration for an urgent matter to support one of our own students here at Mount. We have a student who came to America with a coyote 
which is a group that helps people. This group gives you time frame to make a payment of $5,000 to those who bring them into the states. Our student needs urgent support to raise another $2,000 to meet his goal of $5,000 by February 1st, 2023. Please considering helping if you are donating on Friday, we will be around to collect money between 8 and 8.45. Human smugglers, coyotes, which they're called, their nickname, is being defined by this assistant principal of Rhode Island School as a group that helps people come to America. And if you're helping people, could you charge them $5,000 to do? Is that help? Uh, I don't know. I mean, most of it just call it human smuggling. Right. But you have public school assistant principals from her public school email address soliciting donations from school staff to pay off a coyote, a human smuggler in Rhode Island from you know, an illegal immigrant student that they have there at the school. Um, it's just incredible. Just incredible. Like the, the, they, they've normalized this. Everything, yeah. They've normalized mm-hmm. it. It's, uh, it's just wow. one of your shake your head moments. It's four, uh, 542 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. We have some slowing 81 northbound through the Scranton area. You're dipping under 35 miles per hour. Still jammed up between Lenox and Waverly, both directions on 81 due to that construction. Also on 80 West, it's pretty much a parking lot in the Bloomsburg area because of the road work there. River Street in Wilkesbury is jammed up between Pierce Street and the Cross Valley on-ramp as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clearing low 57. Tomorrow, dry, sunny, low humidity, high 85. Friday, dry with sun. Passing showers possible late, high 85. It's currently 71 degrees with some sun and clouds in the area at 543 here. Your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 547. You know, just before we went to the, the traffic and weather, uh, I told you about this email that this assistant principal in, in a public school in Rhode Island sent out seeking donations from her staff f- to pay a coyote that brought an illegal immigrant student to their school or into America that attended their school. And, and she, she described the coyote as a group that helps them come to the country. Now, when that assistant principal was, was confronted with that email and that solicitation for donations to pay off a human smuggler, she basically played stupid. She said, oh, she was unaware of what a coyote was. She thought it was a group that actually helped people. She thought it was a nickname for a group that actually assisted, you know, one of these non-government organizations that helped them come up. So she went, tried to go that route. And then a parents group from Rhode Island uh, did a FOIA request for all the emails to that assistant principal. And they came across an email that was sent to the principal that triggered her email out to the staff. And again, this was an email from another teacher to the assistant principal, the assistant principal's name is redacted from this, but it, it says the name redacted slash assistant principal. And the email, the first part of the email is redacted, but the email is at ppsd.org, which is the official school email for that, for that school. This is the email she received that triggered her to send out the solicitation for donations, where she said she was just misunderstood that it, she thought it was a non-government organization 
that assisted getting this illegal immigrant to her school. Urgent contribution. We have a student who came to America with Coyote. When they come illegal, they usually give them time frame, give them a time frame to make a payment of $5,000 to those who bring them illegally. Our student has been working extra hours to pay them and to support his family in Guatemala. Not ignoring that this kid lives here by himself and has no support from anyone, he only owes $2,000 out of the $5,000. But if he does not pay that by February 1st, they will kill his family and his country. He works so hard and does not sleep trying to get the money together. But he's so stressed out. We want to reach out to everyone to ask for help. If we can get people to donate whatever you guys can help them with out of the debt, that would be great. He comes late sometime because he works until late, but we don't want him to drop out of school. We want to support him in any way we can. So that kind of threw the notion that this was a non-government organization that was, you know, philanthropic, helping the student come to America and resettle here to to get away from the troubles of his country, you know, when basically they're saying they're going to kill his family if he doesn't pay this money. So, uh, so, um, kind, kind of, it's just how is a public school assistant principal come to the conclusion that we're going to petition our staff for donations? To pay off an illegal human smuggler. I mean, it's, is it that normalized to where they she felt it was okay? I mean, obviously, when she was questioned about it, she knew enough to lie and play dumb. But the mere fact that we have public school educators, and again, this is just one. This is just a school in Rhode Island. I get it. But it went out to the entire staff of that school and obviously someone tipped off the parents' organization who said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're raising funds to pay off a human smuggler? And the school went into lockdown, and they have emails. This goes on and on. They have emails that they, when they, when they FOIA'd all the emails, they got emails from school board members who were more concerned of the PR aspect of this, that this is going to make us, I think that the email exactly from a school board member was, this is going to make us look bad. Not the fact that your assistant principal was soliciting funds to pay off human smugglers, illegal human smugglers, but just the mere fact it's going to make us look bad. That's what they were concerned about. And this is the reason you need to be involved in your kid's education as much as you can. Speak to your children each and every day. What did you learn today? What did you do in this class? What did you do in that class? What was covered today? What'd you do? And you'd be amazed at some of the things you'd hear, you're going to hear. But it's our jobs as parents not to micromanage the schools and what they're teaching. I'm all for schools teaching what they should be teaching in line with the curriculum that they post and or should post to parents that they should be teaching or the class syllabus that a teacher should be providing your student at the start of every semester. This is what we're going to be covering this week, this year, this semester. And hold it accountable. But speak to your children. Spend that half hour when they come home from school. Hey, what classes did you have today? 
what was discussed in this class, especially the civics classes, especially your English classes, especially you know, all your classes. You know, what was your day like today? What'd you do? What'd you go over? And, and talk about it. And if it's topics that you want to discuss with your child, say, oh, you were discussing this topic. What did they say? And hear what the discussion was. Talk about what the discussion was and then give your point of view. And again, from the start, I was never under the, the aspect that my children needed to have my views, but I wanted them to know my views and not only just know them, but know why I had them and the resources of where I got them from, how I came to those conclusions. And you'd be amazed how that knowledge transfers to them, how they, our children truly are sponges. And when they are challenged by teachers, when they are challenged by their peers, they have that in the back of their head where they can say no. Oh, really? No. Why? Because they expect, oh, because I read it somewhere. No, because this is where I saw that. This is where I read that. This is where I know about that from. And you can find more about it here. And it kind of stumps them 90% of the time. But give them the ammunition to defend themselves. Give them the ammunition to have the facts of what your beliefs are. And again, children should always always be free to, to come to their own conclusions about things, to learn about things they want to learn about, but they should know what you believe, why you believe it, and where you've come to the information of why you believe those things. And you'd be amazed at how that prepares them for the onslaught that they're getting around them their peers in school, the teachers, the associations that are out there around them that just do have agendas. I'm not saying all of them, but there are agendas out there. Thankfully, with my kids' schools, you know, what my kids dealt with, there was only a handful. But we knew how to deal with them. We knew how to combat that. And I knew how to prepare my children to raise their hand and say, no, that's not the case. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, every, uh, you know, something as simple as 9-11. Every 9-11 anniversary, my kids would wear a, a 9-11 NYPD pin on, the, on their shirt somewhere, on their lapel, you know, somewhere near their collar. And, and I remember one of my, my kids, the teacher, would say, well, what's that on your collar? Oh, my, my dad was, an, was a 9-11 first responder. And the response from the teacher was, don't you think we should be over it by now? Don't you think we should get past that? And it gave me the opportunity to sit down with my child when they told me that and explain, no, why, why it should be important to remember those things. And it was a good conversation we had. It wasn't confrontational with the teacher at all. They were naive. They had their opinion on it. I, I respect that. But I let my child know why we believe the opposite. And every year after that, my child was proud to wear that pin because they knew the reasons behind it. It's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show today on WILK News Radio. If you follow me on social media, I just posted the story about the Rhode Island Public School Assistant Principal. You can read it for yourself. It's really one of those mind-boggling stories. But you follow me at Rob O'Donnell on Facebook or at O'Donnell underscore R on Twitter. I put the story on both of those so you could read it for yourself because uh, these are one of those stories you really do need to read it from yourself for yourself and just not hear it from me. Um, enjoyed talking to you guys today. Enjoyed your input. I appreciate everyone who texted and called in today. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. This is Rob O'Donnell on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. Remember that. 
And uh, remember, we'll be broadcasting live from Scrantastic Spectacular on Monday evening, 3 to 6. So make sure you stop by and say hello. And, uh, you know, we'll spend some time there for a couple hours and hopefully see a great show, great concerts, and great firework display. You guys be safe. God bless. We'll do it again tomorrow.